<laughs> Subtitles, it's a thing. We needed help like 30 minutes ago, Eric. <laughs> when you were sipping on your jama juice. <laughs> sipping oh, on your peanut butter jama juice. Whatever you need, let me know. I know. We were too busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, It's good. I made sure everything was super So high. do I need to, like, lean? Oh, yes, recording okay. rules. I forgot. Amber has the recording rules. I have okay. video rules. So people get really passionate, and they love to touch the table. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to touch the table. <laughs> you can touch the table, but you can't touch the table. You know what I mean? Caress the table. Once, you can caress. Don't the, slap the table. Actually caress You the have table. to flirt with it a little bit. Just kind of, like. It enjoys foreplay. It doesn't yes. like just none of that Fair enough. you gotta warm it up a little bit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's that <laughs> <laughs> all right well welcome back to ladies doing stuff podcast welcome. i'm charlie and this is amber and today we have shannon Hi. what's up <laughs> <laughs> guys shannon's here to join us um she was actually one of our listener calls but she had such great insight that yes. we're like oh my god we need to learn more about this girl and what she does Today, we are talking about death. Fun stuff. Anybody else excited? <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> She's like, I love this stuff. Don't leave yet. It's okay. Yeah. It's not going to be that, you know, it's not what you think. That's what I'm trying to get at. Exactly. It's not going to be that dark. We're going to dig deep a little bit, get into your industry and what you do and, you know, outlooks on death and how people perceive it and how we can view it a little bit better. We're going to dig into that today with... Shannon's perspective. Yes. So stay tuned and listen carefully. Yes. And if you're new here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is going to be fun. I think so too. All right. Okay. So let's jump right into it. So Shannon, tell us what you do, who you are, how you got here. All right. Um, What I do, I am a funeral director. People call it, you know, a mortician, undertaker, Wednesday Adams, Angel oh, of Death. Of course. I've been called it all. Um, but essentially what I do is I work with families to help them craft a memorable experience for someone that they've lost. Mm. I walk them through it, show them all the different options available, and then we kind of go from there. It's something that people don't like to talk about. And generally when you don't like to talk about something, you tend to be uninformed mm-hmm. about it. And so people come to us, a lot of the times they're panicked, they're emotional, they don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so it's our job to sort of, I should say our, my job, to kind of walk them through that comfortably. Yeah. As comfortable as you can be right. with something like that. Oh my gosh, run that back one more time. You said to create a memorable, memorable experience, a memorable experience um, to celebrate the life of someone they've lost. Oh, I just love that. You just made death sound beautiful right now. <laughs> She just took all the bad out of it, like all the darkness, and she's like, no, we're here to uplift. Yeah. (laughs) There's like, I saw a few butterflies flip by. A couple of butterflies. It was beautiful. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And that, oh my gosh. (laughs) You definitely don't sound like an undertaker to me or look like like one. Look like one, exactly. So talk to us about that. (laughs) Why don't you look like that? on a cold night in 1988. (laughs) No. I, well, actually, I'll kind of start by how I got into it. I really fell into this industry on accident. A lot of people are either born into the industry, like their parents own funeral homes or Mm -hmm. something like that, or they're those those nightmare before Christmas back-wearing black, bangs oh, type of like, you know this is what i like infatuate do. it with death <laughs> exactly. like stuff like that exactly okay so um <laughs> yes that. for me it was really random um it was my second year of college 
and I was at UCR, mm-hmm. and um, my roommate had this guy she was dating, and his family owned several mortuaries, and I was working at, like, Kmart at the time and hated it. His dad needed a personal assistant, and mm-hmm. I needed a job, and then that kind of graduated to handing out tissues to people at services, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of like, come here, let me show you something. Hmm. And so he worked with, um, he handled the operations, and his wife met with most of the families. Mm-hmm. And so they just taught me a lot. I learned, I grew, and I fell in love with it. Like wow. It was totally by accident. And if you told me back then, that, oh, you're going to be a mortician, I'd be like, ah, you're, like, you're crazy. <laughs> but I can't see myself doing anything else. Like, wow. death care is for me. Death care. That's what it's called. Wow. Yeah. Death care. It's health care, death care. <laughs> Daycare. Daycare. <laughs> life care. Now, what aspect did you fall in love with? What made you? So I got, like, I got kind of firsthand experience. I did removals, which is what, what a first call is literally the first call that's made to the mortuary. It's Mm -hmm. very literal. It's, hey, so-and-so died. What do I do? Mm. And you call me and I tell you, like, Wait, who did it? Like, okay, first step, somebody dies. Yes. Right? What do we do next? You, well, hopefully you call 911. I know. I was like, (laughs) well, it depends on if you did it or not. Like, you either run. Hopefully you call 911. I'm like, how to murder Safely. <laughs> How do you murder safely? Safely. Three syllables. Safe. She's uh, like, I'm not playing. Lee. That one was enunciated on purpose. Safely. Safely. Um, so, I mean, ideally, you call 911. Okay, but I once I the police it. say it's okay, you call the mortuary, and then um, we send someone out to bring your loved one into our care. And then you hear from the funeral director to make an appointment. The family comes in. They make arrangements. We pick out all of the things. Uh, We do the death certificate. There's a lot of moving parts. It's really like planning a wedding, except instead, it is, hear me, instead of a year, you get a week. Think about it. You need a location. Yeah. You need a member of the clergy to perform the ceremony. Yeah. You need flowers. You need to feed the people after. You got to find a special outfit. You have to pick out the centerpiece, which is a casket, yes. But yeah, and you're you used get, to this expression that you're getting. From she's us. like, yes, 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 I have everything. <laughs> and you do answered. it, but imagine you do all of that when you're planning a wedding. You're excited. Yes, yeah. you're stressed, but you're excited. So imagine having to do all of these things, and instead of in the span of a year, you do it in the span of a week, and you are at your absolute lowest. Wow, That's that is planning a funeral. Awful. Is it sad? Is it depressing for you? Um, surprisingly, no. It's really rewarding in that you get people who are at their absolute lowest mm-hmm. and you get to walk them through one of the most tumultuous times mm-hmm. in their lives, mm-hmm. arguably ever. Definitely. And I mean, not everybody is a 90-year-old grandma right, that right. slept in her, that passed away in her sleep. Yeah. I'm sure you get like children oh, yeah. and yeah, sons and daughters. That's yeah. definitely the worst. Kids mm. are the worst. Is that the hardest um, part of the job? Is- no, surprisingly, mm. no. Everyone is someone to someone. Yeah. And that makes it a lot easier mm. when you're when you're really taking that preparation. I like it a lot. It's not it's not depressing. You have days that are really, really sad, very emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. And I've learned because I've been doing this for almost a decade, a little over a decade now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've learned that you really have to set your boundaries in place and mm-hmm. like fiercely protect them because mm-hmm. it's draining. When you give all of yourself to these families, you are emotionally drained. And then when you get home, 
there's not much left for anyone else. Right. There's not much patience left. There's mm-hmm. not much joy left. And so um, I really find that finding the balance there and then really spending my free time with people who fill my tank. Like, yeah, uplift you. Know, you. Exactly. You need that. Exactly. So that's you guys today. Yay! <laughs> we fill tanks, guys. <laughs> So what it sounds like is that you're actually in an industry of healing mm-hmm. as well. You know, from my perspective, it's just like, oh, creepy bodies and people crying and there's people wearing black and sadness. But you're like, no. And you use the term your loved one. You know, you don't say like, oh, a body came in. Like, no, you put a personality to it. Mm-hmm. You put an identity to it. And you're like, no, I'm here to take care of them for you. And, you know, they're well protected. They're well taken care of. Yeah. Wow. And I wonder, is there like a dark side to the industry? Yeah. Like, you seem like the light side. Like, yes. yes. When I die, I choose you. <laughs> but what, what about like, do other morticians see it as, at, take number 25 down to the cellar. Oh my God, no. <laughs> the know? cellar? The I cellar. mean, the morgue. <laughs> oh. No, but the wine. She okay. wants it next to the wine. I mean, that's if I had to go, that's keep me next to the wine. Yeah. The red that's wine. Already knows At room just, temperature, please. Exactly. Just slide my little surprise sense for yes, all. Right next to there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure you, you there know are. You know stuff. Oh. I know. I'm trying not uh, to get in trouble. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I will say this. There are, there are definitely can be people who don't set boundaries in place. And over mm. the years, it can drain them. Um, one of my, I'll say this, funeral directors have the best sense of humor you will ever meet. They're some of the funniest people because we have to be. Oh, I guess Mm. so. Um, one of my favorite people to write about actually is a, an old mortician that I call Mr. Jones. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to say, because I know the people who are listening are going to know exactly Mm -hmm. who I'm talking about, (laughs) but he just, he's in his eighties. He's an older gentleman and like, he has seen it all, smelled it all, done it all. And dares you to tell him that he hasn't. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much from him. And he was so incredibly frustrating for me when I first got started. But I don't think I've had a single case that's rattled me to date. Really? Because he kind of prepared you for that? Because of him, yeah. I've had to do the worst, like, first. Wow. Jeez. I just think about um, someone that's been around, seen it all. Like, they must make the most terrible jokes whenever the family leaves. Like, <laughs> or with them. I just see yeah. them, like, trying to break the ice and yeah, their like, sense of humor. Like, oh, he's not going anywhere, is he? I'm like, oh, my God, no Mr. Me. Jones, stop. Yeah. I think my favorite was, she looks like she's sleeping. Oh, she ain't sleeping, baby. She dead. No, <laughs> Mr. Jones. Just, Mr. Jones. Me and Mr. Jones. <laughs> Insert face palm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Where's Mr. Jones? Let's get him on. <laughs> I have been trying for <laughs> years. Is he ignoring he you? Will never. Oh no, you I too? talk to him all the time. Oh, um, he will never, ever, ever, ever. He won't. It's not his thing. Why? Oh, but he's great. Oh, <laughs> we'll persuade him. Amber will talk him into it. <laughs> I know. I talk people into things. I realize that's my superpower. So look out. <laughs> Don't talk to Amber. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, we're glad to have you here. It's good to Thank learn more you. about you and what you do. Happy to be here. Yes. We should dig into what you find the most encouraging about your field and what is the downside. And I know you talked about boundaries. What does that even mean in your industry? So boundaries mean that um, 
I used to be that gung-ho funeral director, like, call me day or night, mm. you know, whatever you need, I'm here. I'll be here for you. Now yeah, I'm I'll like, support you. I am here from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., mm. and I am on call in case of an emergency. Wow. Oh, wow. So would you have families call you up to cry or to vent or anything like that? Um, Rarely to cry or vent. That have, you do Now, you do have families that you get attached to. I'm just, like, I'm sure doctors get attached to patients. Mm-hmm. You have those families that you kind of adopt, and that's definitely happened yeah. to me, especially Especially families where their situation kind of mirrors your own. Mm, I see. So I would say boundaries most more so. I don't give myself a number out anymore mm. because if I do, I mean, people are, you know, are grieving and they're going through a rough time and mm-hmm. all of that. But it's like I have this times, you know, 24 other families that are also mm. grieving. And mm-hmm. so if I'm out of the office mm-hmm. and I am, say, I don't know, eating dinner and like binge watching TV it's still I'm trying to kind of like decompress but yeah. it's still just like death 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 mm. death death like I'm being snack with a bunch of I don't know those death. are like dildo deaths like death dildos <laughs> like I'm uh, just like wait hey <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my mind. Proud, my mind goes. We'll edit that. We'll edit that out. Yeah, we don't know what dildos are. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna cut that, but (laughs) (laughs) you see Shannon just like slapping herself with death, 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 dildos, I don't know, dildos. Keeping it, it's in a working process. We'll have to patent that. It comes in a bone shade. I like that. Hmm. Moving on. Forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> death dildos. Um, so yeah, you can't just be bombarded with uh, death nonstop. Right. As much as you love what you do, you have to kind of cross, I mean, not cross that line. Don't cross the line. You have, you to, have to draw that line. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's become easier the more I do it, mm-hmm. um, the easier it's become. But it's definitely, that definitely is like a must and I have to do something once a week. Like I have a self-care regimen that mm. I do every Wednesday. I do a face mask, I take a bubble bath, nice. have a glass of wine or eight. I'm just kidding. Or eight. Like one. No, she's not. <laughs> two maybe. Hi, mom. You know, we're going to be really good friends. <laughs> I think Amber has like two bottles of wine in there oh, for you. All the wine. I wish. She's like, like no, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, it, it's it's really a matter of, Finding that time to devote to yourself, mm-hmm. even if it's as simple as like, I'm going to binge watch 18 hour, you know, 18 yeah. episodes of 90 Day Fiance and that's just what I'm going to do with my mm-hmm. night. Hmm. I'm not mad at that, honestly. I mean, I don't picture you up there watching 13 Reasons, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like a yeah. murder mystery. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Do you watch that? Do you watch, um, oh, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, Special Victims She's Unit. like solving it. She's like, no, he did it. She's no. like, I've mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. seen this happen. <laughs> I watched maybe two episodes of like the Ted Bundy tapes. Oh. Mm. And I was just like, you know what? No, he has beady crazy eyes. Like, why can't they see this? He has crazy <laughs> eyes. Like, do people trust white men this much? Yes. <laughs> How? Why? No, it's him. He's going to kill you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't, I, like, I go through spurts. I go through phases where I'll watch, like, really, really, like, I love Game of Thrones. Yes. In that I've read all the books, too. So I'm okay. like that. I'm she a, reads. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I read. You guys, and she reads. Reading? Read. I'm like, I read hmm. books and all. Oh. Are you single? Are you looking? <laughs> I am single. She has beautiful curly hair, oh beautiful eyes. She reads books. What is happening Paper here? books. We're Let's selling change you. the topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying no. to get some help. Exactly. Okay. I mean, stay away. <laughs> I like her so much. <laughs> 
you talk about self-care and, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a whole regimen. I want to know when that started and when you were like, yeah, no, this is a definite. Mm Because you said you've been doing it for so long. And I feel that there has been a few years before you were like, hold on, I need need this. There definitely was. So I, I went through a period of, you know, I was working, I think the longest shift I worked, I worked like 22 days straight where it was like, because I was going in to meeting with every family. I was working the services. Like I was just... Like, no, I'll wow. be there. It needs to be me. It needs to be me. Now, are the legal rules and, different for this industry? I mean, it's overtime. Like, oh, at oh, the time, okay. I was getting paid overtime. I it, see. it got to a point where my boss was like, go home. Yeah. Like, why are you <laughs> You've here? been here for a month. Why are you here? <laughs> go home. But it that really does burn you out. And it's an industry that can burn you out very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a, it's definitely not a time clock job. Like, you, this, you'll never meet a funeral director that's just like, that's okay. Mm. either you love it mm-hmm. or you it's not for it's you. done yeah, yeah. One, of, one of the other you're like looking for your way out right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I happen to love it it's stressful at times um I would say the self-care thing started I want to say maybe a little over two years ago mm. um wow so you were in it for a while before you were like uh can well, I, I took a break me? yeah I definitely took oh, a break from okay. it I took a break from it like worked at a startup for a while okay mm-hmm. and it's like me how about how about that desk right yeah (laughs) kind of different it's great but i mean it was awesome but uh it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. i I need to be doing work that matters Mm -hmm. and um it just feels like this is something that i am meant to be doing maybe not in this particular capacity Mm -hmm. for you know much longer i kind of am finding myself leaning towards more educating people about death and kind of helping Mm. people start those conversations specifically people of color Mm -hmm. and by color i mean black people because we don't (laughs) like to talk about it we think by talking about it you invite the devil in exactly we think that you're speaking it into existence oh yes let's pause right there talking point even today so we're planning this event for our listeners i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about you charlie we're planning this event for our listeners and finish her this event requires non-refundable deposits so i tell charlie today i was like charlie if i die in a fiery car crash in between now and this event you better go you better have an awesome time you better enjoy yourself she's like no don't say that I'm just like, what? Does yes. it have to be a fiery Don't car crash? Exactly. She was so vivid. She's like, if I just burn to a crisp in this fiery car crash, what and my, car brain, crash? my brains just splatter all over the place. Like, no, dude. I mean, that's the only way I'm not going to. I have to be stone cold knocked out in order to not exit the car. And I'm sure there's fire involved. I mean, when have it's you known me not involved. to go out with a baby? I'm just. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm just saying all that wasn't necessary. Yes, you do speak things into existence. Do I, you know what? I think, yes, there is a possibility that you can invite death into your life. Um, There was a reading that I got where I I was specifically told death is not your friend because subconsciously. Well, damn, just at me next time. (laughs) (laughs) Death is your friend. She is not your friend. She's right here. So when you say a reading, back on up, a psychic reading, tarot card reading, what kind of reading are we doing today? Uh, yeah, spiritual reading. Um, they are spiritual he, ones now. Yeah, it's a reading. I don't know. <laughs> what happens? Do you like, no, I've never done one. Do they yeah. like take your hand and go? So when I think spiritual reading, <laughs> I go back to, I go back to Carmen, a hip hopera, where why can't you <laughs> read her hand? No, that, Beyonce? that was my part right there, yes. where he said, the cards never lie. I thought I told you now it's her time to try. Oh my God. Get your mind on Oh man, I was like, girl, you better get your Ugh. get your head right. 
I she mean, told he told you. He told you. I recently rewatched that, and it was the best hate watch ever. It was so, so great. terrible and great, right? All right, so <laughs> <laughs> back to Charlie. The reading, <laughs> not Carmen the Hip Opera. No, no, no. That's later. Next to uh, Trapped in the Closet, parts five through twenty-two. Oh yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I was told that. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, I'm you know, red, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's uh, like, they changed my name. I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> I want to see my kids. That nothing. <laughs> and you she's know like, Gail has Robert. kids. You know she's a mom. Robert. 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 Ooh. Robert. <laughs> I was just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, mm. <laughs> okay. So you're you're reading, Charlie. Please yes. continue. Thank you. Um. So this reading said, "Death is not your friend," and I realized that I was waiting to die or kind of inviting it in. I was just like, man, I can't wait to die because then everything will be over. I was just like, I can't wait for this to be over because I'm tired of bills. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of like the complications. When I'm was just this? done. Um, like last year, two years ago. What? Damn. And again, like I, I didn't feel depressed. I wasn't like moping around and in darkness or anything. Well, not to my knowledge. Maybe I was slightly depressed. I don't know. Who knows? Not me. Um, but the thing is, he was like, death is not your friend. And, you know, if you call death, it will answer. And so I had to be careful. Like, you know what? Let me be a little bit grateful. Let me watch what I say. Let me. I want to live my life. I, I want to live it to the fullest. And just because things get hard, I don't want to be like, oh, my God, I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I do now that you explain it a little bit more. There's been times where I'm like, you know what? Death doesn't sound terrible. Right. But I mean, I think it's the unknown part that we get so stuck on. It, it's such a bad thing. But mm-hmm. I think it's only bad because we we have no way of knowing what's, what's on the next. other side. Well, there's a really great quote that I saw. It's from this um, show called Welcome to Night Vale. And they said... Death is only the end if you believe life is about you. Mm. And I love that. But wow. I want to touch on what you said about how you were just kind of like, I'm tired of all of this. I can't wait for it to be over. Yeah, That's a really common thing that I hear. Mm. And that doesn't really have... It's, it's less about you wanting to die and more about you wanting to kind of change your trajectory. So yeah. maybe at that time you were maybe doing something that you weren't passionate mm-hmm. about or yeah. you, you know, didn't, you had fallen into kind of a routine or you'd plateaued yes. and like mm-hmm. your, your brain naturally tells, we are made to grow. We are made to grow. Mm-hmm. We're, we're made to go, go forward and, and, and put more into the world. That's right. why yeah. we're here. That's right. the whole purpose. And if you felt you weren't doing that, then maybe of course you kind of feel like, well, what's the, what's yeah. the point? Why am I yeah. here? What's Doesn't the point? Can this just be over? Maybe mm-hmm. there's not enough life being lived at that point. Right. Like, if I were to think back on, like, ooh, you know, getting some rest sounds real good right mm-hmm. now. I'm like, oh, I didn't really care that much about what I was doing, why I was there. Because if I did, I would have been too busy thinking about what I'm going to do next or, you know, how I'm going to make that difference. Yeah. Desk jobs just bad flashbacks. <laughs> right no more desk jobs. No, no. <laughs> We've established this. But yeah, I had to learn to, you know, not rely or depend on death and mm-hmm. just kind of live life. And like you said, you know, we're we're meant for so much more. 
And just now I'm kind of figuring out, okay, you know, I want to help the black community or I want to do this, like fulfilling a purpose just Mm -hmm. kind of negates all of that feeling of, it does. you know, I agree with that. 110%. Mm -hmm. Same. I I think that, um, death, death is not only not scary. Death is what makes life so beautiful. The fact that Mm -hmm. you are going to die, the fact that we all have an expiration date you know, stamped on the bottom of our foot. I don't that like we can't that. See. I still but don't true. like it. It makes your time here valuable, valuable. more valuable. If it you had all the time it, in the world, none of this you wouldn't would do anything. Exactly. I see. I see. But still, that I think that sense of mortality, like, oh my God, I am going to die. Like, I'm not going to be here. Or the person that I love or my family, I'm not going to see them. And now I do believe, again, in the spiritual sense, you know, our, our ancestors and our family, our, our loved ones are taking care of us in that sense but it's just like what do I do like I don't know life without them and Mm -hmm. I think again that unknown part of it is Mm -hmm. what really really scares me that mortality and then I start going into a spiral I'm like oh my god what am I going to be thinking do I know I'm going to die like where does my mind go am I still going to hear people like (laughs) like it just goes on and I just start freaking myself out or I'll start having (laughs) I'll start making up scenarios in my head where you know, my family dies and I'm crying in the shower for no reason. I wow. do this. I do that do all you? the time. Just in general, like I'll, because I live alone, so I will open the fridge to like get something and I'm just like, what if I close this fridge and there's like a tiny clown right there? Like, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm going to do. But, like, how tiny? How tiny though? Like chunky size. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Is it feisty? Do I kick it? Like, yeah, like, I wonder if I just have rose colored glasses on because I'm just like, you know what? Could happen. Could not. <laughs> We're going to go on about life anyway. Ah, mm. oh, man. But I mean, there's something beautiful about your body doing what it was biologically designed to, to do. do. It was meant to decompose. Mm-hmm. You were meant to wither away and to re-nourish the soil, which is not I how we do that, it yeah. in current burial practices. But, but that's but... how I want to do it. Right. Well, natural burial is becoming a bigger thing. Yeah. Do you think um, it's kind of faddish? Like people are... Um, oh, that'd be so hipster, bro. I think a hipster death. It's it's <laughs> well because now we have people because I'm I'm one of the later like the lower end millennials. So um, I think my generation is starting to really fear for the future of our mm. environment mm-hmm. and are starting to take action. So I was actually watching this TED talk. I forget the woman's name, but she designed a mushroom burial suit. The suit that she puts on, it has mushroom spores Mm. that are, like, sewn into the suit. And what it does is it simultaneously speeds up the decomposition process while also detoxifying your body of all the crap we put into it. Oh, wow. And Mm. turns you into nutrients for the soil. Now, are you still in the casket or do they just... No, you are wrapped in the suit and you go into the earth. In the hole. Mm-hmm. I'm like, somehow hipster death sounds a little bit better than decomposing mushroom death. I don't... Well, you feed the to, soil. Yeah, it's you green. feed the soil and then it, it grows and it's not like a, I'll turn into a tree, but it's like you're actually, you completely decompose. So that way you're not poisoning the animals, you're not poisoning the plants, you're not poisoning the earth. And... Which is what a lot of us... <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to be a tree. <laughs> I want to be a diamond. See, this girl's... She, and who she's is not, going to wear you? You, have to, um, you know you have to be burned before you can be a diamond, right? Hey, that's fine. Just turn like, me into fine. something beautiful. Fine. Um, hopefully my children. Oh, God. Has passed down mommy. It's got, <laughs> it's got dark. It's got so dark. I think it's beautiful. Or you can be... <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> 
make me beautiful. <laughs> Just go. I'm wow. done. She wants to be the heart of the ocean. I Dude. do. Dive into the ocean, Leo. <laughs> Still angry about that. There was room for two. <laughs> yeah. He could have fit Rose. Should have been her. Yeah. Now that I think of it, caskets are not necessarily sustainable. They're like giant plastic boxes that we put in metal. Metal? Giant metal boxes. Oh. Or wood, depending and on then your... I'm sure you like run out of space. Like soon there's gonna be like parking structures of cemeteries. You know what I mean? Like yeah, level I mean, one just <laughs> I don't personally think it's sustainable long term. More and more religions are turning to cremation, though, mm-hmm. um, and even aquamation. Aquamation, something that's what is that? Cool. Turn into water. So what? Ha- it's kind of like um. Let's see. Have you seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. You know how they kill the cartoons? Long oh, there was. Didn't they like bubble or? So- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, it's it's basically like um, that's kind of how I explain it to people. It's um, <laughs> you just dipped and you disappear. <laughs> but essentially, it's like um, it's a mixture of you know chemicals essentially that breaks down the body and they do, it does it without all of that poisonous emission like cremation does. Oh, like wow. in Breaking Bad when they're pouring Try, the acid on? That's all I can think of. And they turn into... a murder. Yeah. Well, Once I again. see, I use a, a nice cartoony... Oh. Just, I say, would, like, no. just say like Walter see. White. <laughs> when they had to get rid of the drug lord. Yeah. Got it. Multiple <laughs> people. Just give me the acid. Go, 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 go. Anyway. Oh, glug, 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 that was glug. such a great show. Anyway, back on topic. Back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff in that. Lots um, of it. Do you know... About any, you know, you spoke about traditionalists um, and, you know, burial, things like that. Do you know of any other cultures who do things differently? And if you agree with that or um, if it's better than what we do here in America? Well, there are. Yes. Yeah, so there are definitely lots of cultures that do things differently. Wow. I think the coolest thing I should say that I've seen Filipino families that I work with, they usually do like a three day viewing um, and everyone comes in. It's just there's, it's just such community. It's great. Yeah. It's so nice. And uh, also the food is amazing. Delicious. The you food is like amazing. Yes. Hello. Lumpia, and they will feed you and it is awesome. <laughs> so maybe I'm a little biased. But I, I can't think of anything that's that I'm not necessarily that I necessarily disagree with. Mm-hmm. It's just I've learned to take a back seat when it's a culture that I'm not too familiar with or a religious practice that I'm unfamiliar with and kind of step back and do some research and learn about it mm-hmm. and just be grateful that I'm allowed this window into something so intimate. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, people are letting you into their families, into their mm-hmm. space, and they kind of adopt you, I guess, as their own. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it's it's definitely something that I I like a lot. And you feel as if this is what you're meant to do? Like Absolutely. this is your life's this, purpose? This industry in some capacity, Not I may not necessarily be behind the wheel of a hearse, like whipping the yeah. hearse. <laughs> whipping it. Which right is so much. That's easily my favorite thing to do. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being behind, being behind the wheel of a car <laughs> and there are motorcycles that drive in front of you and stop traffic for you and wave and you through all, the red lights? Yes. Hello. And Anyone you drive by, you look over to the right. There's a man at the bus stop. He takes his hat off. Oh. You look. There's a, there's kids to the left who try to Snapchat you, but whatever. They <laughs> suck. I'm still stuck on how she but, just tried to ghost ride the whip right Yes, now. yes. <laughs> get it? Ghost. Yes. Like, literally. Right. Go, ghost. Ghost. Get it? Because they're dead. And it's a ghost. Stop it. Okay, death is not a bad word. This is what it's we need to talk word. about. It's oh not a bad word. Let's talk about death in the black community. Let's Why can't we be? Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk, talk about, about death. <laughs> yes, that was a good ending point. Death in the black community. Why is it so taboo? 
You uh, you tell us, Charlie. I don't know. I'm not a party girl. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> really girl. Okay. I'm okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's see. Why is it so taboo? I think there is a respect factor. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I don't know, I, there's a fine line, like, respect the dead and, like, don't make jokes and or don't invite death and things like that. But I think it mostly has to deal with respect. I think it has to do with fear. Yeah, also fear. What kind of fear? I mean, there's just so uncomfortable talking about it. If I'm talking to my parents about, hey, make me into a tree. I'm pretty serious about that. Like, I want to be a tree <laughs> when I she die. She said this before. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's the idea of someone that you love so dearly leaving you. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, if your parents or somebody is alive to see it. You know, I have people that I know that I went to elementary school with that are not alive. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going into our 30s. It's just like they died young. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fear of having to process that emotion that comes with it. Especially because black people don't do emotions very well. Oh, no, we don't know how to do that. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm one of them, too. Like, I, I think I have trouble processing. Like, I've never had a serious encounter with death, like a like an immediate family member. Not yet. Thank God. I'm yeah. blessed to have my grandparents still alive. Same. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. And I recognize as they get older, I'm like, oh, my God, like they're not going to be around forever. So I find myself trying to cherish the life that we have right. and trying to be like, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? Or trying to learn that recipe because you always think you have time to learn yeah. that recipe. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't. Or hang out with your grandma. Yeah. You know yeah, that, exactly. Take a trip with my happen. grandma just because she wanted to go. Okay, grandma, where are we going? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to embrace life because death is coming for any of us. We just don't know. So live life. Yeah. So, I definitely agree with you there when you say it. it's it's definitely fear. It's definitely fear. And like you mentioned earlier, a lot of black people tend to think that when you speak something, you're inviting it in. Mm-hmm. And then that being said, you don't deal with death. You don't know how to handle your emotions. And also, we don't do therapy either, by the way. Mm. I do. What's I therapy? Do therapy? It's the best. I don't. I'm so left it's out. the best. <laughs> I talk to myself. Does that count? And mm, no. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty like naturally inclined to be. Anyway. But you're biased. <laughs> nah, I be helping myself out through a lot of stuff. A lot. She's totally fine, guys. She needs no therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's But that's another thing is that, I, and I grew up in a Christian household, specifically a Seventh-day Adventist household. Oh. So it was kind of a, um, you know, you pray about it, you pray about it, you pray about it, and God will fix it, God will fix it. Well, it's like, sometimes, if you want to go that route, God puts people in your life, like therapists, to help you through things that you may not be emotionally equipped to mm. deal with. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we're try- I'm, I'm working on changing, especially because women, black women in general, or black women specifically, I should say, have this superwoman complex oh, where it's God, like, do we? We have to shoulder everything. We oh. have to carry everything. We can't feel. We can't think. We have to soldier on because at the slightest display of emotion, we are overreacting. We yes, are angry. We are, we are angry. scary. We mm-hmm. are threatening. We are intimidating. Mm-hmm. And when really we're just hurt. Yeah. We're just grieving. Mm-hmm. And we're allowed to. We're allowed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of that, I think. And respect as well. I've been to a lot of funerals where they think you have to stand up and say a lot of nice things mm-hmm. about people just because they're dead. No, mm. you can be dead and still be a dick. 
Oh, dang. Yeah. You can bleep that out, right? Okay. No, we're not going <laughs> to bleep that bleep out. That. This is a second but dick dick talk. It's lots of dick references. <laughs> but you you can. You can be dead. You're dead, and you're still a dick. And it's mm. you can be a horrible person, and it's okay for you to feel angry with someone if they've wronged you, if they've hurt you. It's okay to feel that way. Those don't disappear just because they're gone. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. just because you don't like that person, just because you're not grieving for that person... Doesn't mean somebody else isn't. Exactly. That's still somebody's wow. son. Exactly. That level of sensitivity. Yeah. So even if you feel... If, even if you're in your feelings about it, being quiet is free. Oh. Ooh. That's classic. Put it on a t-shirt. Literally. Put it on a t-shirt. Where's my pen? <laughs> Well, I have a question for you. Have um, How many black families do you deal with? And what's the difference between black families dealing with death mm-hmm. and everybody else? Um, oh gosh, I've dealt with so many. Um, so, like, I serve families from Compton, from mm-hmm. Watts, uh, Long Beach, like that whole area, Lawndale, that mm-hmm. area. So almost every family was black. Right. Now, most of the families I deal with are either, like, white or Hispanic or... More white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of white families. I would say the biggest difference is that we still do that pomp and circumstance, need a limo, need to release 85 doves, mm. need to release butterflies. We do the show. Like, black people love a show. Mm. We love an altar call, too, but that's besides the point. Mm. We love to make it about time. It's time. It's time. Mm. Oh, so, like, what is an altar call? Help me out. Oh, sorry. So, during the eulogy, the pastor gets up and uh-huh. he preaches a little bit and he talks about that and then he invites people to give their life oh, over to oh, Jesus. Oh, because we don't oh. know the time or the day for when he comes you, like yes. a thief in the night. <laughs> One day, we all shall fall. Amen. That that The closer. Pass the plate around. Pass it around. <laughs> every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. hey. So, I mean, I get it, but that that's definitely something that uh, is only, and it's so mm. funny, I'll talk to my coworkers and we'll get a Black family and say, we need, um, <laughs> we need the exclusive. We need um, the chapel for an hour. I'm like, no, we're going to need it for about two yeah. and a half. <laughs> just trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. You just... Yeah. Just his eyes on the sparrow is about 18 <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> Don't get grandma up there. <laughs> she and, then, and then we, we, have to, we have to go up yonder. Oh, I'm going up yonder. <laughs> but, it's, but they're easily my favorite services. They're so much fun. The music mm. is always good. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's great. I think that's the biggest thing. I think other cultures have been moving towards more simple, uh. um, like just cremations. Also, I noticed the, fam- the the sense of community isn't really there. It's kind of like, we'll mm. have a little service or we'll have a little get together. We'll go to mm-hmm. dinner and, and talk then- about it and then nothing Whereas, like, it's a production with black families. Like, mm. you have the night before, then you have, like, a viewing, and then you have the repast. Which, by the way, PSA, it's repast. R-E-P-A-S-T. Uh-huh. Oh, not repast. Not repast. Because didn't die twice. Whoa. Oh. You didn't repast. Deep. Repast. So what's awake? That's the pre. Um, well, awake is yeah. Awake is it, de- oh, it varies sorry. by culture. Cue Mr. Jones joke here. Well, it's not necessarily awake if they sleep. <laughs> oh my god! But, um, <laughs> she's like Mr. Jones. Is that you? <laughs> Gas. <laughs> okay, so I've heard this rumor and exclusive black exclusive sim that this this thing where people take selfies with the body is this a thing 
I have never seen that happen. Oh, okay. I think that's something that happens in like the south or like mm. r- more rural area. Rural, I can never say that. Rural, word. rural area. The country. The country. There you go. <laughs> um, I don't. I've never seen that happen here. If it did, I probably would step in and stop it because it's yeah. just not cool. And Respect I imagine funeral directors there know to spot for them. Like there are certain things we know to look for. Like I wrote a piece called the casket climber. Um, there's one at every service. Like, what does that mean? Wait, I saw that. Have you seen that show, Six Feet Under? Yes. Is that? It's quite accurate. Really? It's one of the more now I need to watch it. Six Feet Under is a show that was. No, on, I know that. Uh, I'm talking about. I was like, oh, what's a, what's a casket climber? climber? A casket climber is someone who you know. Oh, take me now. Take oh, me and take this. <laughs> they try to get in. The yes. Oh, physically. Oh, get in. Physically. Oh, they like, don't like. Hug they it? like hug, and sometimes you'll get a jumper who comes. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Sometimes you'll get one who tries to hop in. So it, let's pause. It's a thing. I want to see the before. They're like, okay, can we get a jumper? Does anyone want to volunteer for the jumper? <laughs> no, you, Sister Mary, you did it last time. Okay. Sister Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always oh you you know you know and you know when it's gonna happen and i'll never i wrote a piece about it actually with mr jones and um we were trying to figure out who it was going to be because the person was young and so we knew people were going to be upset and so we plan we plan for that if it's going to be a big service like we we would plan for how many people need to be there who needs to be at the door mm-hmm. who needs to be even if it were like a gang service like there's a whole mm. different protocol wow for yeah. gang services mm-hmm Oh, man. Especially in South Central when, like, they'll come and, like, shoot at the service. Yeah. It's Stop like a, it. it. It's been years since stuff like that has happened. But, like, we have a – we work with a gang unit, like, in LAPD. Um, mm. There was, like, we had a contact that we would call. Wow. And say, like, there were certain tattoos we would look for. Like, the whole – yeah. Yeah, a protocol for that. Yeah, there's a whole protocol for that. But with casket climbers specifically, we would try to – pick them out in advance like okay who do you think it's good like who do you think we need to watch and so i remember him saying the woman with the church hat and i'm like see and it was a woman with a church hat and she's probably like petite and she's like all dolled up i can see her like with her little gloves she has some pearls on no not her not her but we also know when that happens we like we don't we you're gonna fall like yeah i'm not gonna pick you up i'm not gonna grab you like so you just let it happen you have to you hold the casket and just kind of like oh let them the do their thing. Over. Yeah, but you have to. I haven't had it happen in a long time, especially when people are younger and upset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you you do get yes. Everyone grieves differently, and so that I that I get. But it's uh yeah, it's not yeah. fun when it happens. <laughs> is this a Patron bottle? It is. Patron. <laughs> yes, this was one of her centerpieces from a wedding. wedding. Yes. Patron. You know, it's like a wedding, but with flowers and people are happy. You mean it's like a funeral? It's like a wedding with flowers. <laughs> oh, people and people are happy. happy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, some people are happy. Yeah. So casket climbers, let them do their thing. Let them do. How do you want to die? Wait, hold on. That was a hell of a transition. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about it. What? We, we usually like to ease in. Oh, the no, question. you know, I don't. Just, you know, just, <laughs> just raw. Just get in there. It's okay. fine. <laughs> raw dog of the question. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> how do I want Future dominatrix. Like, how do I want to die or how do I want my body to be disposed? Because those are two different questions. Both. Ideally, I'd like to die. Well, it depends. So if I die, if I'm old, I'd like to, you know, like have a shout out to Keela on my 112th birthday. And 112th. Like, I don't know. And go to bed and just not have wake that. up. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. 
Um, assuming I'm in like my right mind and don't have any, you know, degenerative illnesses or something like that. As far as disposition, I kind of want to go to the body farm. What does so that mean? The body farm is a it's a place where you can donate your remains and they do all kinds of things to essentially human remains to see how the body decomposes under different elements, different circumstances. And what it does, it actually helps uh, forensic pathologists solve crimes. Oh. So like if you dispose of a body, say in acid, right? So basically you'll, they'll take a donated a donated cadaver and dip it in acid and see how long it takes it to break down. What are the, what, you know, what do the bones look like? Are there any indentations, any markings, things like that? They'll maybe put you in a car and have it crash into a wall. Like what happens? How long does it take for you to smell weird or whatever? Mm. But like they, so they know what to look for when you're looking at like a murder scene. Yeah. When they're looking at someone, they know what to look for to kind wow. of help solve a crime. So that's number one for mine right now. Number two for me would be to donate myself to the body world. Exhibit. I was just thinking that when you had yeah. said donate to the body farm, I was like, no, she would love the body yes. world. <laughs> I went to see that a couple years ago. I loved it. It was and so cool. Yeah, it's really great. I So that's kind of where my head is at. I, now, that's not to say that I don't think funerals are important. I think funerals are incredibly yeah. important because they help people heal. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily want to be... Also, I think it's kind of weird to be laying naked on a table in front of all my coworkers. Yeah. That's kind of weird. You might want to outsource so. for that job. Like, <laughs> no, we're going to go with the competitor. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think they're really thinking about that? Probably not. No. But I mean, it's still... It's my, I mean, like, they it's, might be. They're like, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I've always wondered. Well... <laughs> No, that no. Everyone I work with is like great, and we take it very seriously, and they're all very professional, and mm-hmm. and there really is a level of respect mm-hmm. when it comes to preparing someone. Do you know it's illegal to curse in front of a dead body, like law wise? Like it's illegal. illegal? Like yeah. who's gonna arrest you? I mean, I don't know. I just just like how? the cursing police, just like hey. You knock it off. I heard that. <laughs> what? Wait. So in the state of California, or like everywhere? Um. I'm, well, I'm only licensed in California, so I can speak in California, but uh, I imagine everywhere. You have to get like, licensed? Yes. Absolutely. You they don't just somebody... let anybody do that? No. I think, like, I don't know. God, I don't do death. Sorry. <laughs> Heck no. I thought you just, like, learned the ropes. Like, come down to my basement. No, my no, cellar. No. And... I am a licensed funeral director. Wow. Yes. So you had to, like, take a test. And, I like, had to take a test. This is what you do to bodies. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I definitely had to take a licensing exam and, like, it was easily one of the hardest ones I've taken. Like, really? one of the hardest tests I've ever taken. Oh, my God. I hope yeah. so. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> please be qualified to handle this. They're like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think this is right. Sorry, Grandma. Like, uh, nobody wants that. Yeah. That's Mr. Jones again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, he's really great. You I and I would awesome. make really good friends, I think. You probably would. <laughs> He would love you. He would love you. Yeah. So uh, how do you want to die? Oh, oh my like, God. Maybe not no, how. Don't ask me that because I don't know. I don't know how I want to die, but I told you, yes, I do want to be made into a diamond. Mm-hmm. And I want there to be a celebration. I don't want the sadness and yeah. the black. Like, please just dance and sing and drum and go to the water and let it be on a beach or something. Like, I don't know. Like, just have fun mm-hmm. and make me a diamond. That's easily my favorite part is watching people turn it into a celebration mm-hmm. and seeing how creative people can get right right. i think that might be the best thing that's happening to the death care industry is that people are really taking charge of these events and making them 
memorials, like, like celebrations own. of life. Making exactly, them it doesn't and have it's... to be the, you know what we see the mm-hmm. drab, the sad. And yeah. and religion is important. I get I get right. why people you know have that tie to spirituality. It's definitely important. And it mm-hmm. can be comforting, but you can blend. I feel you can blend that spirituality with the specific personalities that you know that we have. Mm-hmm. How do you want to die? Oh, you know, um, let's see. She's like, I thought about it. A fiery car crash. Well, yeah, no, thank you. I don't want the car crash. It's just, if I were to guess, California, freeways, highways. You want fire involved, you're a pyro. Well, that does make sense. (laughs) But let me be just knocked the hell out first. That's all I ask. Sorry. Where's my pen? (laughs) Where's her mallet? How do I want to die? First of all, I don't want everybody wearing black. That's not everybody's color. And let's be honest, I want this to look nice. And black is chic, okay? Black is chic, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, I want this to look nice. Can we, it needs to look nice. Okay, just because I want to be a tree doesn't mean it doesn't need to be put together. Can <laughs> I'll we put lights some, on you. Lights on the tree. Yeah, and flowers, flowers tree? is your yeah, thing. Something. Not a Christmas tree. <laughs> not, a Christmas I'm not tree? a pine. I'm not a pine girl. <laughs> what are you? I don't know. The pretty ones that bloom. Okay. You can be a cherry blossom. Something something with seasons. Not the one that looks the same because I've never been the type to follow the straight and narrow path anyway. I've always been changing and evolving and that's reflected in my career path and what my passion. You'll be a whomping willow. How's that? No. No. I know that's what I I was like, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't want to hit people. I just want to bloom. That's what I want. And I want everybody to wear color. Yes. Any Color. Color. Multicolor. I want it Amber to look prints. very serious. Very serious. Take these notes down. I'm mental. Mental yes. notes. It needs to look like, you know, the Crayola box, like the markers? Mm-hmm. The bold one? That's your color palette. The bold Crayola markers. Got it. Yes. Bold, bloom, knockout, mallet. Got it. I got yeah. everything. <laughs> fire. Fire. There has to be fire somewhere. One beautiful thing I did see is a teacher that said, don't bring flowers, bring backpacks. So backpacks full of school supplies instead of flowers. I mean, I want you guys to bring flowers, and I want you guys to bring the damn backpacks, too. God, how much is this funeral? I'm sorry. I'm already having it it's outside. So expensive. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I got to buy some colorful fabric. I got to make it look nice and chic. I got to turn you into a tree. I got to I mean, buy supplies. You can get wholesale prices for the lights, so I'm not worried about that. I trust that you will have a list ready for me to go. Um, you th- be this great. is the list right Just now. Like, die on December 28th, so all the lights will be like 60% on sale. Off. Yeah, get yeah. the right. clearance. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, that's what I want. Okay. Something in service for somebody else. Doesn't have to be backpacks. Who knows? Uh, backpacks and school supplies might be obsolete by the time that happens. Because we're talking, what, I guess 2,000 years from now? Three, the year 3,000. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Somewhere good. around there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, something that helps others and something beautiful. I like that. We care. We care about the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a question for the two of you, actually. Firstly, have you maybe not necessarily experienced a death close to you, but do you have someone in your life that has? And if so, how did you support them? If not, hmm. what would you, what advice would you give for someone to be a supportive friend? Mm-hmm. That's deep. I don't know how to be supportive. And and she's not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, in that aspect, I don't know mm-hmm. how to 
comfort someone. I don't know how to console someone with such a huge topic, and especially since I view death as this big, mysterious, scary thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be like, it's going to be fine. Because I'm like, let's freak out together. I don't know if everything is going to be fine. Um, I haven't experienced death close to me recently. The, the first thing and only thing that I remember is, you know, when I was little, my mom had a miscarriage or a stillbirth or something like mm-hmm. that. And um, I remember I didn't even want to get out of the car to the funeral. But of course, they made me. But I was just crying. And, you know, that was kind of like my first experience. And then, you know, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who I also didn't want it. Like, I, I had this fear of death ever since I was little. Like, I just I don't want to go to the casket. I don't want to see the dead lifeless body like that just doesn't work for me but um you know my mom's mom had died and her sister my aunt still kind of deal with that Mm -hmm. and every year around my grandmother's birthday in january they both start feeling like depressed and so sad and they're like you know i i barely knew her i barely had this connection with her and i don't know how to get them through that And, you know, I talked about, you know, ancestors and the spiritual world. And I talk to my grandmother and I see her in my dreams and I feel a little bit closer, but they may not be on that level and have that connection. And I don't know how to be like, why don't you just do this? She's still there. Why don't you just believe? Like Mm -hmm. sensitive topics. Exactly. Hard to impose your views and things that comfort you onto another person. Right. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've never really had that experience until it was one, well, two things. Dealing with my cousin, my uncle, Mm -hmm. um, he died, but I found myself kind of freezing up. I was a young adult at the time. He died of cancer and we kind of saw it coming, but not really. And they took it really hard. They were going through a lot, but I was in college at the time and I was kind of like, okay, I'm really sorry. I went to the funeral, but I really didn't reach out. And I didn't try to comfort them. Yeah, I could use the excuse that I'm young, but the truth is I just didn't know what to say. Like, Mm -hmm. what if it was my dad? Yeah, I used to go over your house and I'm not going so much anymore. But what if it was my dad? What what would I do? What would I say? What would I even want to hear? And so I kind of just stayed away. And I didn't even know that I was doing it. And I told myself, I'll, I'll reach out. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell them how I feel. I told myself what I would do, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it. I never did it. I'm older and I'm a little bit closer to them than I used to be. And I think it's because I felt so guilty for not being there when mm-hmm. they probably could have used people the most. Not that I could have done anything, mm-hmm. but that's a huge life-changing event. And I wasn't there. Yeah. I want to first, I want to start with what Charlie said. That's the right thing. We can just freak out together. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but I'm here. Mm. And being present is so important. Um, not trying to bash you. No, yeah, I totally, avo- I just ran away. <laughs> but um, but, th- but that's what most people tend to do because they freeze up, they don't know what to say, and then we end up spurting out these, these like, calculated, cliches. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Or let me know if you need anything. Yeah, like or, I'll be praying like, for you. I'll be, oh, if Prayer I. Prayer hand emojis. Anytime you say I am praying for you to someone who has experienced a traumatic loss, they have mentally clotheslined you, like mm. just. But um, I, I want to touch on that. The best thing to say when you don't know what to say is, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. Mm. I don't know what to say, but I'm here. And um, I asked this because, firstly, 
I kind of want to leave the people with some little tools and tips to sort of. Yes, please. Absolutely. Um, Guys, this is a piece of advice or a couple of pieces of advice. You're guaranteed. I'm sorry, but you're going to need to know them because you're going to use them. Yeah. So listen carefully. Firstly, uh, loving through action is a big one. Mm -hmm. Loving through action is a big one. When, When someone loses someone very close to them, they don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to. I'll use myself as an example. So I lost my fiance. Uh, three weeks before our wedding. Oh, my in God. In 2017, he was 30 years old. Wow. And what I got was, I'll start with what I got, and then I'll kind of go into what I would have liked. Mm-hmm. So what I got was a lot of people, so he and I had gone to high school together. I got a lot of, well, what happened? It's like, well, it's none of your none business. Of your I yeah. haven't seen you in Why is six that the years. first thing? Yeah. Why is that the first thing? Um, so I'm not going to tell you because I haven't seen you since we were 15, and... No. Yeah. Um, Why would they want to ask you that? Or they ask each other or they'll ask in the Facebook comments. We can talk. I could go on and on about the death hierarchy and the social media aspect of it all day. But before you fix your mouth to ask someone what happened, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, have I spoken to this person in the last year and am I close enough to them where I can, I feel comfortable asking this question? Mm Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, the answer is no. Always no. Because if you were close enough, you'd already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, and perhaps the most important question, is satisfying my curiosity worth forcing this person to relive mm. what is arguably the most traumatic time in their life? Dang. The answer to that is also no. Just in case. Spoiler alert. You're not keeping track. <laughs> two Pop things. Quiz. Here are things you can do. Here are things you can do. Yes. Love through action. Mm-hmm. Does this person have kids? Offer to babysit. Watch mm-hmm. cartoons mm. with them. Show up to their house. Clean it. Don't show up and expect them to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Do they have... And I had a friend who was just deep... And also, it was three weeks before my, before my wedding. So right. my bridesmaids were like there. Mm-hmm. So I got... Um, you know, one of my friends flew in literally just to walk my dog. She wow. flew in from the Bay Area just to walk my dog. Dropped everything. Um, I had friends that brought over baskets of like wine and like slippers and candles and just my, all of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And I had friends that, you know, um, made just, I had a friend that took my, my mom took my phone. I didn't have my phone for like three weeks. Wow. And I had a friend that made all the calls to like my insurance company so I could take a leave of absence. Like Mm -hmm. all I had to do was get on the phone and verify. So I was fortunate enough to have an army of people who yeah. loved through action. Yeah, and they definitely. didn't know what to say, mm-hmm. but they knew that there were things to do. Mm. Yeah. So that was that was incredible. So mm-hmm. love through action. Uh, pick up the phone and call them. They're, they're not going to answer. But that missed Just call seeing. is enough. That missed call is enough. And it's okay to not know what to say. Yeah. It's definitely okay to not know what to say. Don't feel uncomfortable talking about the person. And keep in mind that grief is selfish. Grief is mm. selfish mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be. Well, the, the worst thing in the world I could I could imagine your mom is losing a child. Like, that's just because that's not supposed to happen. Happen, exactly. So that, by far, I imagine, is the most traumatic. But you have to remember, these people are going through the worst times in their lives. And so mm-hmm. before you open your mouth, just ask, how can I help? Yeah. How can I help? 
And that let me know if you need anything is kind of like a, I've done my job. Well, I said something. And so they haven't hit me up. So I guess they don't need anything. They don't know what they need. I told her to let me know if she needed anything. I'm so guilty Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. I I am. I I don't know what to say. And, you know, that that's me trying to be helpful. Mm -hmm. But like you said, like, no, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to clean your dishes or Mm -hmm. we're going to sit and we can binge on Netflix. Like Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, we can do it. And Absolutely. I think what's, yeah, I think what's, what's great about that, especially is just, again, being present, mm-hmm. being present is, and people don't know what they need. Yeah, they exactly. Know what they need. Yeah. They've never been through this before, or maybe they have, and it's different for each person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know. Oh, that's such great advice. So thank you so much for sharing hey. that with us. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just still reeling. I just It's not even sad. That's not how I feel when I hear that. It's just like that depth and that yeah. authenticity yeah. of your response and especially having lived through that experience yourself. And the fact that you're sharing that with us and sharing your story, I mean, there's no Incredible. other words that we can say, but yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you came ready to share that because you knew that somebody would need to hear it one mm-hmm. day. So, and yeah. all of these people that you're going to help and now they know how to move forward, like that's, that's what we came here for. That's why you're here. Thank you. I appreciate that. One more thing. One <laughs> you is have that, 15 yeah. seconds <laughs> grief does not start stop after the funeral grief starts after the funeral mm. so just if you have someone who has lost someone check in after everything is slowed down when they've gone back to work once they've adjusted to their them. new normal exactly mm-hmm. check in on your friends especially your strong one you're going to call your strong friend they're going to say they're fine but check in anyway. yeah what are you supposed to say fine. oh my god i'm a hot mess like but you had mentioned you know, black women and our superwoman complex. And I just can't imagine like me dealing with something like that. And like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't come over. I don't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll wait outside your door. I know you like, would. Yes. I, I'll be with the lawn chair. No, I'm, it's fine. I'm just here. You know, go inside, do your mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. I'm in the driveway with a magazine. <laughs> you know, I'm in my bed, like under the covers. Like it's care. super dark. I don't care. No, I'm by the window that's by your bed outside. <laughs> oh, right there. I'm with a hoodie. The just tapping. <laughs> no, not even tapping. I just look in. Like you good? Yeah, you good. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody, I don't see like how you would want to be alone. I could see you wanting to be left alone, but not necessarily alone. I, I guess mm-hmm. so. I guess, yeah, be there, but don't talk to me. Yeah. That's not yours. You're, you're not. And that's responsible. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. So Shannon, thank you so much for sharing. That. Of course. What else do you need to share with the world? What does the world need to hear about death care? Uh, um, and about celebrating life, because that's really what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. Uh, that talking about death isn't, it's not the end. It's not sad. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Talking about death really sort of encourages you to live life Mm -hmm. that's that's what it's about it's encouraging you to cherish the time that you have here to do what you're you know to find your purpose to find Mm -hmm. something that brings you joy and to chase it that's what it's really about i love that absolutely I mean, I've heard that saying, nobody ever says, oh, man, at their deathbed, I wish I would have worked that, that overtime. Yeah. I wish I would have mm-hmm. done this as far as a desk job or like, I'm really stuck on the desk uh, yeah, job. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Just I, following your passion. I think that's something that people actually struggle with. I wish that other people would see it that way because you really do get to live your life, the one that you plan. Yeah, the one that you want to. 
Okay, so we want to thank you guys for joining us. Yes. Uh, Shannon, where can the listeners find you? Ah, you can find me on the internet. No. On the Googles. Uh, on the Googles. Ask the Google. Online. <laughs> uh, at I Do Death on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I mean, I'm never on Twitter, but I'm trying to be better. <laughs> that branding, though. Uh, yeah. So I'm just at I Do Death. Um, I do Mortuary Mondays every week. So there's something new on IDoDeath.com every Monday. And yeah, come follow me. Check me out. Yes, you definitely want to check her out. She's just an uplifting spirit. And um, also, she doesn't look like death. So that's exciting <laughs> for everybody. She does death, but she doesn't look like death. Yeah. Like death couture. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Death couture. Death couture. And she, she, got, she got her little New York accent, death couture. <laughs> yeah, pulled it up. <laughs> and you can find the ladies at Instagram, ladies doing stuff, Twitter, ladies do stuff. You can find us on Facebook, ladies doing stuff podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Mm -hmm. Go up there and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave that review. Don't be afraid to type a few words in there. Yeah. You know, be descriptive with them words and adjectives. Adjectives. And we great, like those. great, great is it's fine by me. <laughs> Along with the five-star review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Yes, thank you. And if there's anything else you want to hear, go ahead and comment below. Tell us what your favorite part of this episode was. What could you use? What did you take away? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. That covers it? Yeah. Well, right, we're going to go probably eat some Thai food. Eat Thai. Mm. Thai sounds good. All right. <laughs> well, this is Charlie. This is Amber. Oh, and I'm Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Thanks. see you next time. Bye. Bye.